Awesome. Well, I'm very glad to, to have you on the show this week, or uh, actually this month. And uh, I had mentioned that you are now the Director of Kit and Product at Shopify. Previously, you were the CEO of Kit. Um, can you tell us a little bit uh, about what you do at Shopify and what you were doing before uh, Shopify acquired Kit? Yeah, so uh, I now oversee all product direction of uh, basically all of our marketing technology, actually. Um, Kit being a, a pillar of that, obviously Kit is a fully automated virtual employee that Shopify merchants hire um, to help them achieve their marketing. So um, we have a team here in San Francisco that has remained dedicated to that part of the business. We also have a, a team called IQ that focuses on making Kit and all of our marketing technology a, a smarter, brighter uh, platform for merchants to achieve marketing success. And then we have a new merchant marketing team uh, out of Toronto that is helping uh, provide tools and opportunities for merchants to better market their products. So I kind of oversee all of that uh, now. And before that, I was kind of a man of many, 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 many hats. Uh, excuse me, sorry about that. Slack, of course, the, the, the hustle never <laughs> stops. Never uh, and, uh, you know, between being the CEO of Kit, being the head of business development at Kit, being the head of finance at Kit, being a the, the correspondent with our, our lawyers at Kit and the head of product at Kit and the head of recruiting at Kit. Um, like every entrepreneur, when you first start, you kind of take on you know any job that you have to that you aren't able to f to fill with a with an employee. That was kind of my role and responsibility. So I did a little bit of everything, and still kind of in in many ways doing a little bit of everything now. That's uh, so awesome and something that uh, a lot of entrepreneurs can uh, definitely resonate with. Um, I actually heard a great quote from an entrepreneur about being an entrepreneur, and it was something along the lines of, being an entrepreneur lets you sleep like a baby. You're up every two hours crying. Yeah. And I, I laughed so hard when I heard that because you know, it's it's a very true story that uh, a lot of different entrepreneurs will will tell you when you're talking about starting your own business. You know, you think it's going to be something easy and something you can just out of the gate. You're you're going. You're making a million dollars by the end of the week. And, yeah, uh, no, it's not how it works, unfortunately. <laughs> no, we we would all love if it did, but uh, it uh, doesn't necessarily work like that. Um, you know, there's a few cases where that has happened to a couple of people. They've gone viral and made a huge success but most of us really have to have to work for that and, and fight for that and kit wasn't your 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 first success obviously you had some previous companies before kit as well didn't you yeah i did ironically today uh today six years ago i started a company that is no longer in existence and it's always a kind of a humble reminder on um the 10th of october that uh you know i i i no longer have a company that the company that i founded and built and put all my money and all my heart into is, is no longer with us today. Um, I don't know if I define that as a failure and we can kind of get into that, but I had a company even before that, uh, which also is no longer here today. That was a photo sharing site that takes us all the way back to my early days in 2000 and, uh, 2006, 2007, when I first started uh, getting into technology. And, um, you know, I think that sometimes when you're first getting started, you know, you said you made a comment that, that you think you're going to be making a million dollars by the end of the week. And I had reached out to the guy who I started the last company with today, uh, just as a healthy reminder, healthy check-in on how we're both doing since that company no longer made it. And um, I'm really thankful I was dumb in the early days. And I was blissfully uh, ignorant uh, on how hard it was going to be. Uh, because I, if I probably knew, uh, if I was able to look down the future, you know, six years ago, look down what 
you know, six years, what, what that would look like and the sacrifices and the hardship and the pain and the glory and all that. I don't know if I would have been strong enough to do it, to pursue it. Um, and so uh, I'm kind of happy how it all panned out. But yeah, I've, I've gone through a couple of businesses. Uh, fortunately, I've gone through a couple of businesses. <laughs> Absolutely. And uh, I can attest to the um, same kind of feelings for that. And you had mentioned that you don't necessarily see this uh, as a failure. Now, from your perspective, um, having run a couple of companies previously that didn't work out, you know, what are what are some of the takeaways for you um, for starting that company other than realizing how much work uh, being an entrepreneur actually is? You know, what did you kind of take away from those experiences of running those couple of businesses? Well, I think the biggest takeaway was how badly I wanted it. Um, you know, and all of these different turning points in my life, um, when the challenges were unexplainably deep, uh, when I was far over my head, when I was living on food stamps, when I was um, having my electricity turned off, when businesses were shutting down, when employees were quitting, when payroll couldn't be met, when investors were selling me no, when you know, one problem after the next problem after the next thing after the next thing. All these things that most people would define as failures, I think that those were moments of truth. Um, they would have all been easy opportunities for me to kind of step away and say, you know, this isn't for me. I, I'm not good enough. I'm not going to cut it. Um, but what it really did was kind of expose just how badly I wanted to be an entrepreneur and how badly I wanted to build a successful company and run a successful business. And, you know, in all these moments, I mean, you know, I'm, I'm six foot three. I got down to like 140 pounds just because the, the struggle was so real. Um, when I was just watching myself kind of dying alive, I realized that I would actually rather physically die than to quit on myself on this journey. Um, and these failures, they were lessons. And I learned a lot at each failing company um, that the real failure for me was quitting and was abandoning the journey. And that I'm still on this journey of growth and education and trying to become a greater entrepreneur. Um, and I fail every single day. I mess up every single day, but I also get better every single day. And that's what's really kind of powered me over the last decade was that I seek failure. Because if I'm not failing, um, I'm not trying something new. I'm not pushing myself in a new direction um, because no one bats a thousand, right? Absolutely. And unfortunately, I think that's one thing that does keep people um, from trying to achieve their goals or going after their dreams is because they start realizing that it is that uphill battle and they're afraid of, you know, not necessarily climbing, but hitting a peak and just dropping off the other side. That's and right. um, I, th I think it's a very valid fear that people do have uh, about um starting out a new business or even not even necessarily a business, but starting or trying new things that they haven't before. Now, do you think, um, like, was there anything in your past that you think might have led you to be more resilient in that way where when you hit that roadblock or you started thinking, you know, this isn't going to work, is there something from your past that helped you kind of learn to overcome that and be like, you know what, it scares the crap out of me, but I'm going to push forward through this anyway. Yeah, I mean, you know, I grew up selling cars, right? Um, I grew up working on a car lot, and there's a lot of tough love you learn on a car lot and a lot of resilience that you develop as a human being. Um, and I think that, you know, for me, I hated that life so much, and selling cars was such a struggle, and I did it for so many years. I did it for seven years from 18 to 25 um, that, like, I just – I 
it was kind of a blend that I didn't want someone to else to dictate the outcome of my life. I didn't want to like I didn't want to quit on myself and end up doing some profession or something that I didn't want to do, but I kind of bet because society thought that that's what I should be doing. And I also just did not want to go back to selling cars. I mean, the reality of it is, is that, you know, I may have been dealing with all these personal hardships, but I was also having the time of my life. I mean, was there days where I was struggling to get out of bed because I was depressed because shit was hitting the fan? Of course, like every entrepreneur does. Yeah. Were there days where I felt like with no money in my bank account, no one behind me, I could still light the world on fire and beat everybody? That's how I wake up most days, right? And um, I just think that there was something in my DNA just from years of growing up in these kind of environments that um, allowed me to kind of give, to push back. But I also didn't want to go back to my old life. I wanted to forge forward and um, see this vision that I had for myself come to life. And I, I think that I, I think and I hope that someday I, I can become a great entrepreneur and I'm still trying to become that, that, that entrepreneur that I want to be. Um, and it's just you, you have to commit to that journey. That's what it's all about is that there are no, no overnight successes. I, you know, we, we started this, this talk off with um, quotes that we love. Somebody one time told me an overnight success takes seven years. And I'm on year That's a really seven. good quote, actually. <laughs> right? And so, um, you know, you got to just keep you got to just keep at it. You got to just keep trying to define who you are. And, um, you know, it's never comfortable going to those uncomfortable places. It's even harder to stay in those uncomfortable places. Absolutely. I couldn't agree more with that. Are we back? I think so. Just give me one second here. Um, <laughs> we are still broadcasting live, um, so I might have to try and do some editing here. Um, and uh, just let me change up my audio sources because I had to switch computers. <laughs> See, this is how you respond to failure. That's right. And... Uh, you got to have uh, an epic feel here once in a while here. So, um, and uh, well, that was a very interesting one. Uh, apologize to, to all the viewers here because I am not too sure exactly what happened. All of a sudden, my laptop just all went black and shut itself down. So luckily I had my, uh, my spare work laptop here and uh, plugged it all back in. You can hear me okay? I can hear you great personally. I don't know about everyone that's live, but you sounded great awesome. to me. <laughs> well, if you can hear me, I'm sure other people can hear me as well. Yeah. Now, um, before we got so rudely disconnected by our technology, um, we were talking about... Uh, blame Google. Yeah, blame Google. <clears throat> Damn YouTube and Google Hangouts. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, I wanted to ask, during that transition from you um, completely running Kit uh, and the time that Shopify took over, um, like during that transition and moving into this new role, um, did you have other points that you were like, you know, um, this could be a failure point, you know, I'm not sure if I can do this, you know, and kind of the same mentality you had when you were starting your own thing, just kind of dive in, run with it and see where you go or, you know, how, how, how did that work out for you? Well, man, I'm still going through that. Um, there are days where I'm, you know, I'm taking on more responsibility of taking on more teams. I'm trying to help where I can in the entire company. And they're, they're, they're all new areas I've never been before. They're all new skill sets I've never possessed before. They're all, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of a very traditional control freak founder. <laughs> I, I, I like to be involved in everything and the branding, <laughs> the product, the people, the recruiting, the, you know, and so, you know, part of scaling and part of building a business is figuring out how you can let go of those things and figure out how you can trust the people around you and make sure that the right people are tasked with the right problems. And um, I'm still learning a lot, man. Like, I, I'm, I, you know, 
I'd be lying to you if I said there are days where I'm not struggling, where I'm wondering, am I capable of doing this? Um, there's, you know, I never had a doubt in my mind when I was uh, building my business. Did I want it? Did I have the drive for it? Did I have the work ethic for it? Those were all easy yeses. But was I actually capable? I had to constantly force myself to um, show myself I was capable. I never wanted to assume, uh, you know, assumptions are very dangerous things, that it was going to be easy and that I was going to have what it took. Every day I try to prove to myself that I had what it took. And every day I go to Shopify and I try to prove to myself um, that I, I deserve this role, that I deserve the opportunity to have an impact. The same way I used to try to prove to myself that I deserve the responsibility of building a business. And so, um, you know, again, I, I keep going back to this, and I hate to sound like a broken record, but it's just, it's all about the journey. You know, Kit was small, it was 10 people. Now, you know, God, God knows how many people, you know, I, I quote unquote manage via full, full stack teams. Um, but yeah, it's, it's supposed to be hard. Yeah. And I, I love that you said that, that it's a journey because I actually had that discussion with, uh, Nikita Prokhorov in the first episode of failure TV. And we had talked about, um, failure not being a destination and it is a journey. And, um, we said the same thing about success versus failure. So, you know, some people see success as a, as a destination as well, but in, in my eyes, anyway, I think it's uh, still part of the journey. And I don't think, um, well, for me anyway, I don't think I can ever be a success. I think I can be successful at different things, but I can never be a success. And I think that's one thing that people are always striving for. They want to be, they want to be a success and they want to hit that point and just, live at that point forever but it's definitely more of a of a roller coaster where it's just going to be up and down just like life you're you're going to win some you're going to lose some but how you deal with that is is going to be kind of the what gets you through or pushes you through and on that note do you like what do you think of success versus failure like for for what you've done in your life and what you've worked on do you think you're a success or do you think you're successful or what what are you striving for to to reach that level like what what is success to you hmm. i think you know this is of all the conferences all the podcasts all the interviews all the things that i've been very fortunate to get to experience in my short life on this planet that's always the hardest question for me to answer and um, I try not to spend too much time thinking about success because I think success is a distraction. Um, I'm but on the flip side, I'm obsessive with trying to be the best version of myself. What for me success is, is actually reaching the point, um, that utopia moment where I'm satisfied with who I am, that I feel like I've given it all I've got. Um, the outcome is the results of my the fruits of my labor, my, my, my full heart, my full effort. Um, success is the finished outcome. Similarly, failure in my mind is quitting on the journey. So whenever you decide to stop, if you haven't achieved what you set out to achieve, it's not project based, it's journey based, then you failed. Um, right now I'm trying to see if I can become the greatest entrepreneur of all time. And I'm trying to see what is the best version of myself look like and Will I ever hit, hit a climax moment where I say, okay, that's where I peaked? Will I find that version? Will I find out who I really am? Like to me, that's what success would look like, is that whenever my, my, my day of reckoning comes, 
I'm taking my last breath. I'm taking you know my last view of the world. Can I lay there and honestly say I figure out who I was? What kind of entrepreneur I am? What kind of man I am? Um, I think being at peace with that, that's success to me. There's just this burning thing inside of me that says I haven't done enough yet and I haven't gone, like I haven't tapped out on my potential yet. And so, no, I'm not successful. No, I'm not as, you know, success is very objective. I think probably for most people, they see me, I'm a young guy, I've sold my company, I've, you know, I, I have material things. They probably say, oh, he's, he's a successful guy. But uh, their opinions can't influence my own perception of myself. Uh, okay. The same way if they saw me as a failure, that shouldn't influence the perception of myself. I only seek internal validation. I never seek external validation. Um, and so I think I'm a big work in progress right now. I think everybody's a big work in progress, and I, I really like how you uh, kind of uh, describe that that whole thing. Um, right now, the actually the the main image for Failure TV, like on the Facebook page, uh, and on the on the YouTube page, is a quote from Gina uh, Showalter, and it's "Giving up is the only sure way to fail." And I think you just completely hit that nail on the head there. And um, one of the things that I think also holds people up is their desire to be liked by other people and to care what other people think. And that's one thing that you really need to overcome if you want to succeed is to not worry about what other people say. And I think a great example of that is Kevin Smith. He's a filmmaker. He does uh, like Dogma, the Jay and Silent Bob movies. If you ever seen Jay and Silent Bob, he's yeah. Silent Bob, but he, um, he's always been very active on the internet with forums and things like that. And I read something from him probably about 10 years ago or something. And it was a response to somebody about reading bad things about himself online. And he said like after that first year when the internet started being big and he started reading, you know, all these people uh, about all these people talking crap about him, he finally realized something like, you know, the, this is my passion. I'm doing what I want and I'm enjoying what I'm doing and I'm happy. So it really doesn't matter if 10,000 people didn't like the movie or right. a billion people. He, he made it for him. He enjoyed it. He's doing what he wanted to do. And I think that's something that people really need to try and figure out for themselves. Um, do you have any advice for people on how you can possibly try and overcome or ignore what, like, Haters gonna hate. How can you overcome and kind of ignore them? You know, I think it's so easy to say how to handle it, and it's actually so hard to execute on how to handle it. Yeah. Um, I would be a hypocrite to give anyone advice in this because I'm someone myself who I, I really don't want to get caught up in what people think of me. There's this great quote: "A lion doesn't care about the opinion of sheep." I just don't really want to give a shit about what anyone thinks. But the reality is that I do, and I'm a human too. We're all humans, and we hurt when people say hurtful things and we thrive when people say positive things. And, um, you know, we, I don't know if you recall a talk that I did back in January to the, to Shopify, to the company about the Golden Gate Bridge. And, um, that was met with a lot of criticism and that hurt because I put my heart out there and gave a talk and I put, put myself in a vulnerable position and gave a talk and people sh shattered it. And my immediate reaction was, I'm never going to speak in public again, mm -hmm. right? And I fell back to the exact same thing that I said earlier, and that was I don't want to let anyone else. This is my one shot at life. This is it. 
This is my one at bat. And I just do not want to let someone else dictate the outcome of my life. And so I don't want anyone to overly influence my journey. And that is both in the positive. I don't want the vanity bullshit to bloat my head. And that's the reason why I slow down and I lose my hunger. And that's also with the negative. I don't want the naysayers and the haters to slow me down. And I got to just be like a locomotion and stay on the rails and just keep moving forward. And I encourage everyone to do the same thing. Just move through the noise, positive or negative. You're on a journey. There's things you got to accomplish. There's places you got to go. There's people you need to meet. There's businesses you need to build. There's milestones you need to hit. There's people you need to impact. And you can't have negative people slow that down. And you can't have positive people. Do positive people are just as bad for you as negative people. They certainly can be. Right? Like you want to have positive, happy people around you. But if you have a bunch of yes men around you, you're also not in good shape. So... I think it's more so about limiting just the overall distractions, not getting caught up in the bullshit and also not getting caught up in the negativity and just staying focused on who you're trying to become. Absolutely. And you said uh, one thing there that I really uh, want to come back to and you, you mentioned about making an impact for, for people. And I think that's one of the biggest things that you can do when you are trying to do anything is, um, let me kind of restart that. I, I find when I talk to people um, like merchants and stuff that are, are looking at starting their own businesses and stuff that the most successful people that I talk to that in the long term have come up with a business that they're already passionate about. So like, you know, people starting a hiking store because they're really passionate about the outdoors and getting out hiking and stuff like that. Whereas somebody that hates hiking, trying to start an online store just to that niche is huge, so let's hit that niche, but they're not really passionate about it. I think that you know when, when you're passionate about something and you wanna make an impact in that area, it, it's really gonna help push you forward and the people that you're working with are gonna see that, your potential customers are gonna see that, your potential anybody that you talk to is gonna see that and be able to like feed off of your energy on, on the subject. And I think that's really important for people to take into consideration because a lot of people, you know, they they don't think that their talents are worthy of becoming their um, their career, right? especially artists. Like I, I know a lot of artists that like paint, but they don't think that they can become a full time painter because yeah. that's the way society has kind of played out artists for us. Like you can't really make a career out of that, and yeah. th I think that's part of the haters. Like just because somebody says you can't doesn't mean yep. you can't. Correct, 100% true. Um, like a million percent true. And, and, and back to your point, um, anyone who's starting a business, my biggest piece of advice always to them is to be passionate about the problem. Be passionate about the people who you're solving the problem for and be passionate about the product that you're building. Because if you're not obsessively in love with those three things, you're not. if you're not losing sleep over the problem, if you're not losing sleep over the people. I've lost more hours of sleep for our merchants than anything else on this like I can't like I, I'm sad for them when we fail them mm -hmm. if you're not driven by these things you're never gonna make it because it's so hard you'll, you'll you can't be in it for the money you have to be in it for the impact because legacy will always be greater than currency the way you make people feel will always be better than anything else on the planet that's what got me hooked in the first place just seeing someone use a product that you make and the way that you make them feel that's the driver right um, whether you're making hiking boots or software, when they put those boots on and they feel a certain way, that's why you do it.
Absolutely. And I'm pretty sure that is how Shopify has achieved achieved its success is because they are really focused on that experience for the merchants and making making commerce better for everybody. And I think they've gone a long way in doing that. And I think they're really kind of pushing the whole software industry in a new direction um, for that, because a lot of people are seeing how well that they're doing with it and being like, you know what, why aren't we doing that? And why are we providing that same level of customer service? Um, and kind of staying on the topic of like software, something that uh, I've come across a lot in technology is that um, you find a group of people that are always striving to be perfect. And then you've got the people that are striving to get it done, get it out there, get it in front of people and move forward. Um, so do you think there's like, what do you think the pros and cons are of, of striving for perfection versus getting it out there? Um, a really good quote on that is, um, if you've launched your product and it's perfect, you launched too late. Yeah. Well, I think the bigger quote is, if you're not slightly embarrassed, you've launched too late. Yeah, that, I've heard it uh, that way as well. And uh, I think that kind of goes to this question. I, I think that's tough. I think it's an art. That's what I think. I work with a lot of people who hate my guts right now because we're, we're getting ready to launch something soon. And is it the best it could be? It's amazing. Is it the full vision? No. If we want to launch the full version, it could be two years from now or a year and a half from now or five years from now because the vision is always expanding and then you're allowing for other people to come in and beat you. So I think knowing when to ship something that's respectable versus shipping shit, you can't ship garbage. Right, but you should also know that it's flawed. You should look at it and say, we could have done X, Y, and Z better. If you look at something and say, this is absolutely perfect, you've already lost. And so I think that that's a real hard thing that people face is like looking for that perfection versus understanding that the, the actual art of shipping is perfection. Yeah. Knowing when to ship, knowing when to iterate, knowing when to push your team, knowing where to innovate, knowing all these other things, that's how perfection is developed, right? It's a resting spot. We look at something like, let's say the iPod version one, and we probably thought that was perfect as consumers. I guarantee the people at Apple who are already working on iPad, iPod version two and iPod version three and iPod mini, iPhone, all those products, they knew what the product line looked like. They knew that they were shipping garbage. Yeah. So it's like, it's actually, the, the beauty is in the eye of the beholder. Yeah, that that's a perfect example because Steve Jobs was huge on being a perfectionist, but also he wouldn't ship something until it was the right product, even though it was flawed. And the iPhone is a perfect example of that because you can see prototypes of the iPhone dating back to like the early nineties with like an old Motorola flip phone style uh, iPhone. Yep. And it was never released, but they, they never stopped working on it in the background. And, you know, you know, you accidents, you know, this V1 that we're shipping, it's perfect for a V1. Yeah. And, and that's the thing, because you never know when, you know, something like that is going to take off, too. And if, if you're on that train early and people are already adopting, even though it's flawed, they see the potential in it. And seeing that potential and knowing the potential and understanding what it can be done, I think, are, are even better. And you never know when you launch early what ideas are going to come from those people that are testing out during these early stages right. that you may not have even thought of. Or you can be spending all your time building a feature that you think people love and they all hate it. Yeah, exactly. And uh, I've seen that a lot in software. <laughs> Happens more times than not. Yeah. Um, or you could, you know, go the Microsoft route and just shove everything in there, every feature anybody's ever asked for, and yeah. you get Microsoft Word. Exactly. Hope for the best. 
<laughs> exactly. Um, I think another big thing um, about the whole failure aspect is sometimes your biggest successes can come from what you originally thought as a failure. And since we're on the topic of like phones and stuff like that, I think a, a really good example is Corning um, because they're the company basically succeeded off a failure because back in what was the seventies or something, when one of their guys was doing some testing, he was trying to play around with a, a new material, didn't realize that the pressure valve was broken and there was way too much pressure. So he expected that this whole thing was just a waste of time. He just wasted a whole bunch of materials, but when he was grabbing it and bringing it out of the, of the kiln or whatever they, they call it in, in glass terms, he dropped it. And instead of smashing all over the place, it bounced. And that's where Corning where it came from. And that's wow. also where they started coming up with Gorilla Glass. But wow. Gorilla Glass had no use back then. Like they were trying to sell it as like windshields, but then they realized somebody's gonna hit the windshield, they're not gonna go through it. They're just gonna die on impact. So, you know, they had this big glass that was perfect for something. They had no idea until Steve Jobs walked in the room and said, I need, you know, 300 million meters of like this thin, super strong glass. So they kind of pulled Gorilla Glass out of the closet and worked on it until it needed what, what Steve Jobs needed for this thing called the iPhone. And now it's like the standard. Now, 20 years ago, you couldn't have predicted that Right. They we're going to be the leader in mobile phone technology from right. an error that happened 20 years ago. So, you know, that took me a long time to understand growing up as well. Like, um, I grew up as a less than middle class person. So, you know, I was always fighting for things and fighting for myself and, you know, coming up with ways to like make money and do-it-yourself stuff so I didn't have to spend money. And it made me a lot more resourceful than I think um, a lot of people that don't go through something like that. Um, but I still think that even with those different experiences, we can both come up with something completely awesome out of yeah. our own experiences. But it's it's your mindset of how you look at failure regardless of how you were raised. It can push you towards your failure or your success. And I, I felt so much and I used to, I used to hate it and I used to feel like a failure when yeah. I failed. And now I've completely done a 180 on that. And like you had mentioned, it, it's more of a journey now and it's a learning experience. It is. It so is. And um, more importantly than anything, like kudos to you for allowing yourself to go there. Um, you know, I was in a similar boat, similar situation, had no money, and we had to be scrappy, and we had to be creative, and we had to uh, lean on our work ethic because we couldn't hire people. Like I always think people under-index on the value of just working with what you have versus finding excuses for why you can't get something done. And um, the reality of it is, is that the world does not care about anyone's excuses. No one's gonna just hand you success. So really what you're just doing is you're just opting into a reason to quit, right? You're saying, well, I couldn't achieve it because I didn't have X. Well, no, it's actually in all of these situations. See, to me, like that, that's not failure. That's just like not even wanting to get started because what anyone really should do is to figure out how do you have to get scrappy? How do you have to figure it out? Who do you need? To, how do you pare down the product? Who do you need to meet with? Who do, like you find a way, you find a way. And, um, you know, even with Kit, you know, we had this idea of building a virtual person 
The rest of the world would have built an iPhone app, iPhone app, and so we built it over text message. And we became the first bot company. We became the first bot company to get acquired, and we became innovative, and we became all these awards and all these things, and one Forbes 30 under 30, and uh, one Inc. Top 10, you know, did all these things, and all became, it all came from the fact we had no money. Yeah, it, it gave you that, uh, that creativity to look at things from a different angle, whereas, you know, people are like, well, this is what you do. Well, sometimes this isn't what you, what you can do. And yeah. sometimes you gotta you gotta find that path around. And I'm gonna say more often than not, in my life, I have taken alternate routes to to my destination yeah. because I simply didn't have that possibility. Yeah. Um, even with uh, failure TV here, um, like trying to to get guests and uh, find you know contacts for people, um, I'm shooting for the stars. Like yeah. I know straight up, people are gonna ignore my emails. They're going to say no. But that's not stopping me from trying. Um, I have been emailing Adam Savage. He's got one of my favorite quotes on failure, and that is, failure is always an option. And I think he would be amazing to talk to about why he thinks failure is an option. But yeah. he's also you know, uh, a giant celebrity who probably has a calendar that doesn't even look like a calendar anymore. It's just blocks of color everywhere. But yeah. I'm still trying, and I'm still going for it. And you know, a lot of people wouldn't even consider that an option. They'd be like, well, how do I get a hold of his agent? And how do I get a hold of this person or that person? Whereas I went the direct route and I spent some time, I found his email address and I just emailed him directly. Um, you know, it's not right. a matter of What's that? It's, simply just, it's not a matter of if, it's a matter of just when. You know, maybe right now it's hard, but as you become, you know, bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, then it becomes easier and easier and easier and easier and easier and easier, and easier, and easier you know? Um, Absolutely. It's just understanding that sometimes it takes a little longer than we'd like. And you have oh. to be uh, ruthless, ruthlessly persistent and impatiently patient. Absolutely. And I think that's one of the earliest things that I learned uh, with trying to start my own business uh, back in the day was that, you know, we, we have these expectations that we build up in our minds about how things are going to go. And I run into this with merchants all the time as well, starting new businesses. And, you know, the, the assumption is that, you know, um, you build it and they will come, right? Going back to the, to the old uh, Disney movie there. But you know, uh, the, the reality of our expectations is, is where things uh, start to, to, to get diluted. Yeah, and, come. yeah. And once I figured that out, you know, it, it was a lot better because I wasn't so nervous about that whole launch process anymore because I expected that it was going to launch and everything was going to be perfect and it was just going to roll out and it was going to be a success. But, you know, I've started doing things like launching earlier, you know, not trying to strive for that perfection, get it out, let people start seeing it, start going from there. And like I said, it's, it's changed how I do everything. Yeah. Well, that's amazing. Awareness is everything, my friend. It really is. Um, another thing that I wanted to ask, because I find a, a lot of people end up doing things that they thought was a good idea at the time or would help them at the time or push their idea forward. Um, but they're a little on the fence about it. Now, is there anything that you've done or, you know, tried to do to advance what you were doing that you really should have said no to? And, you know, having said yes to it, do you think that was a failure or do you think that was just another learning moment? So uh, they're all learning moments. 
Um, I took so many shortcuts in uh, giving my last business um, because I was so focused at that point, just being a young guy who was chasing the technology, Silicon Valley gold rush. And um, I had it when that company shut down, I had to get back to basics of why I even got into it in the first place. And I said yes to everything in that company that I thought was going to give us an opportunity to get to that exit moment. And uh, those lessons taught me when I built Kit to say no far more frequently uh, because it was never about having an exit. It was always about building a business. And what were the consequences of those yeses if things did not work out? Um, and I think that, again, they weren't failures. I needed those lessons to become a better entrepreneur. That's the thing that people miss is that you need the lessons. And the only way you're going to find lessons is by winning or by quote unquote failing. And um, the wins are far and few in between. And typically the wins come off of the back of a fail. And so Absolutely. Uh, I, I, I don't think we even have enough time for me to go over every single example of where I, you know, I don't want to say the F word, but basically fucked up and destroyed companies um, over just over committing, over promising saying yes to bad deals, hiring the wrong people, getting in the wrong partnerships, taking bad money, uh, picking wrong strategies, like anything that I, I, I've messed up on a thousand things saying yes to the wrong things. Absolutely. And I think that's something that not, not a lot of people consider when they, you know, see somebody that is a success or they consider a success like um, Henry Ford, you know, a lot of people would consider Ford to be a huge success. You know, they're one of the top, top automobile manufacturers, but in reality, before he made Ford, he filed for bankruptcy four times. Yeah. Like, you know, a lot of people file for bankruptcy once and that's like the end, like the, yeah. this is the end all be all. Yeah, yeah. Four times, so there you go, right? So it's like, yeah. again, it's a journey. Success is the final outcome, not the process. Failure is the final outcome, not the process. It's just how you respond to those things in the moment and how you keep going. And having that end goal of who you want to be as a person or the kind of company that you want to build, um, that's what like matters most. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. And I, I think you've, I, I really do think that you've you've hit the nail on the head there. I, I absolutely love the way that uh, you articulated that. And I think that's a, a perfect, almost ending point. But uh, I have a standard question uh, to, to finish off things. And that is, if you can give any piece of advice to somebody that is currently struggling to overcome their fear of failure or overcome a specific failure, you know, what, what would you tell them? You have to live with the outcome of your life. So if you're scared to fail, if you're scared to find out who you are, then you have to be okay with the reality that you may never actually live the full life that you wanted to live. No one else around you makes a difference. No one else's perception of you matters. No one, like none of the exterior friendship makes a single difference in your life. The only thing that makes a single difference in your life is your willingness to fight to be who you'd like to be on this planet. That was beautiful. That's my piece of advice. Yeah, that 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 was perfect. And uh, I think uh, a lot of people could uh, learn learn quite a bit from that. That's uh, dare I say beautiful. <laughs> well, I'm happy. I'm ho hopefully it was mildly helpful. Um, and I want to thank you for um, allowing me to join your show. It's been an honor, but more importantly, um, for allowing for people to share their failures um, or their life lessons so that other people can continue to build their, their journey and build their dreams. 
And uh, just as like a closing thought on that same note about failure and fear, if I had uh, if I had never been willing to fail, I'd still be selling cars. And uh, my willingness to fail has helped me sell my business. So um, that's sometimes the, the gambles that you have to take. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate that. Uh, I also appreciate uh, you taking time out of your very busy day to come on the show and talk about your experiences. And hopefully uh, somebody will learn from it and uh, be able to push themselves over their, uh, their own little hill there. Hope so. Awesome. Well, thanks uh, for coming on the show here. And uh, everybody that's watching will have this uh, available as a podcast soon. And I will do what I can to cut out the... <laughs> <laughs> a little bit of downtime that we had uh, in the middle there with uh, Failing Computer, and uh, we'll see you again next month. Thanks for tuning in.